What's up, guys? Welcome back to the JakeCast. I'm your host, Jacob. And who would have predicted the four remaining teams left in the NBA playoffs? I sure didn't. But here we are. And like it or not, believe it or not, one of the Atlanta Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks, Los Angeles Clippers, or Phoenix Suns are going to be crowned NBA Finals champions at the end of the season. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how the Milwaukee Bucks fumbled the bag and how Atlanta has a realistic shot at making the NBA Finals, as well as the Clippers if they have a realistic shot to come back against the Suns after taking Game 3 last night. Before we begin, if you have not already, please check me out on Twitter at TheJakeCast. There, I post my live thoughts and reactions to the games as they go on, so be sure to check that out. So before we get into the Conference Finals, let's talk about the semis real quick. So the Nets and Bucks, as I predicted, went to seven, but for different circumstances than I thought. I thought the Nets and Bucks were going to trade victories with each other as they made their way to a game seven in a very competitive series. However, what we learned is that the Nets, if healthy, probably would have swept them or won in five. I mean, in game one and game two, without Harden, mind you, for except one minute of the first game, the Bucks had no answer at all. And if we're being honest... If KD's shoe size was a shoe size smaller, the Milwaukee Bucks would not be in the conference finals and Mike Budenholzer would not have a job. Now, I don't want to discredit what the Bucks accomplished. They did make the conference finals. They did have to win four games. But real problems surfaced throughout that series with the Bucks' offense, their defensive rotations, just their rotations in general really puzzled me at times. And Giannis, don't get me wrong, he's one of the best players the NBA has to offer, but Watching him sometimes in the half-court setting when he's trying to take on another defender and drive to the basket or even take a jumper is really painful to watch. To me, Giannis needs to be more of like a center. He is best utilized and most effective when he's in the post or on the low block, not when he's trying to take a defender on -on one-on-one like he's a wing. And the lack of shooting for the Bucs really concerns me. We saw in game one against the Hawks in the, in the finals that they drew up a play for Pat Connaughton, who wouldn't typically be in the rotation. He's a he's an okay rotation piece, but with the injuries and with the need for shooting that they needed at the end of the game, he they were running a play for him, and he airballed it. Like, I don't think anybody watching or in the arena thought that was going in. But this series is going to be very hard to predict. I mean... Someone could tell me that Atlanta's going to win in five or six or that the Bucks are going to win the next four games, and I believe you. Uh, it's very hard to predict and I don't because I don't know which Milwaukee's going to show up. At the moment, Milwaukee's winning at halftime, like 77-45 to 45 in game two. So this series is very hard to predict, but we'll get into that a little later. Um, now let's transition to the Sixers versus Hawks, and that series, that series hurt my brain as well. Um, ben Simmons has to go, man. There was a stat that he only took like two or three shots in the fourth quarter combined in seven games, which you cannot have if you're paying this man $30 million and he's supposed to be one of your star players. Ever since Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons teamed up, there's been rumors that they haven't wanted to play with each other at all and that they don't really talk off the court. And also, when you're watching them, it's just very hard to see both of them operate at the same time. And you could see it in Joel's body language after Ben Simmons didn't go up for that dunk in Game 7. The, one of these players has to go. It's really hard for me to put any of this on Joel because the 76ers are just poorly constructed right now. 
they don't have a lot of creators outside of Joel Embiid. A lot of the offenses, Joel Embiid receiving the ball at the high post and Seth Curry coming around and doing a two-man offense between them, which works at times, but when you're closing out in a game seven, you can't ask Joel Embiid to be standing at the three-point line with the ball and tell him to make a play. You need your stars like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris in a supporting role, who you're also paying 30-something million to actually make a play. And Doc Rivers is notorious for these playoff collapses, but this I, this could have been avoidable. The 76ers were a much better team. And you if you're the coach of the 76ers, you need to have the balls to take Ben Simmons out of the game in the fourth quarter. It's easier said than done, but it is necessary if you want the team to win. Ben Simmons is just a liability out there, and he's scared to go up with it because he's scared of going to the free throw line. Now, I want to give the Hawks credit. Trey Young has been on fire. He's making his case as a superstar in these playoffs, and he's shutting down the Luka debate. I mean, I remember people were swearing off the Hawks for trading Luka and stuff like that, but the trade worked out for both teams, if we're being honest. And that draft class, man, that's looking like a pretty decent draft class. Like DeAndre Ayton, we're going to talk about him later, but he's looking like a solid pickup for the Suns. And that draft class, I remember, like, other than Luka, because there was Marvin Bagley picking, picked uh, second overall, that people were not that high on the draft class. But in reality, that's actually a really good draft class, especially for the top five. Trey Young is not afraid of the moment, and that energy is feeding off to the other players, such as Kevin Horder, John Collins, and Clint Cabela. I mean, I really like the team and how it's built, and they know who they are. They know who their seven to eight guys are, and they're just a really fun team. I thought going into the playoffs, since they're on a hot streak since hiring Nate McMillan, that they would beat the Knicks, but they would fall short against the 76ers just due to the 76ers' more playoff experience, although not that successful, and just having the defense to throw at Trey Young with Ben Simmons and Tybal. Usually when a young team enters the playoffs, they might win a series, but they take it takes a couple losses for them to experience, for them to progress, and then make the semis, then make the conference finals, and then so forth. But the Hawks, they look like they're ready for the moment now, and this experience is going to be very good for them, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they build in the future. Even if they don't beat the Bucks in the conference finals, just making the conference finals and beating the one seed is an accomplishment in itself. I mean... The Hawks entered the playoffs as a five seed, albeit they were one of the hotter teams entering in the NBA playoffs. But the Hawks, man, they were in the cellar of the NBA for the past couple of years. Yeah, they had Trey Young and they had a couple other picks like Reddish, even though he was hurt, Hunter, um, Kevin Horder, John Collins. They were building a decent team, but they never had the big playoff experience yet. And with the success that the Hawks have, they got to be mentioned with the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Nets moving forward into the seasons to come as viable options to come out of the East. Switching over to the West, we got the Clippers versus the Jazz. And once again, Clippers fall down 0-2, but 0-2, no problem for them, it looks like. I mean, when they fell down 0-2, I was getting ready to write them off again. I was ready to come on here, slander them again. But last time I slandered them when they were 0-2... They came back and won the series, and yeah, they they came back and won the series against the Jazz, man. I mean, that Game 6 performance took guts. 
I remember I was watching that game and Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson were just going off in the second quarter and they had a 25 point lead, I think, going into the third quarter. And I was like, man, it's going to go back to Utah. I don't know if the Clippers can do it without Kawhi, but man, that third quarter the Clippers had was just crazy. They're making three after three and they're exposing Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a great interior defender. However, he is very suspect on the perimeter, and their clip and the Clippers, they were exposing that throughout that game. Terrence Mann had the game of his life because he was playing the small ball five, and he was matched up against Rudy, and they're they're almost daring him to shoot. But Terrence Mann was making him pay because Rudy does not have the foot speed to close out on um, Terrence Mann taking the three. So Terrence Mann was just torching them in the in the third quarter. So I'm going to make the announcement here. I do not want to see Rudy Gobert win another Defensive Player of the Year award. Yes, he's a great paint presence, but after that performance, I don't want to see him win another Defensive Player of the Year. In today's NBA, you have to have the foot speed to at least close out on shooters and keep them keep them competent. Terrence Mann and the rest of the Clippers were basically shooting wide open threes like it was shoot around. Yes, I know Donovan Mitchell was hurt, and he still looked good, and Mike Conley was hurt, but the Jazz, man, they blew it. I mean, they had the series in their hands. Kawhi Leonard was hurt. Kawhi Leonard didn't come back, and he's still not here. But yet the Clippers, they surprisingly looked even better and more cohesive when Kawhi went out. And once again, as what the Clippers have been doing the whole playoffs, they went down 0-2 to the Suns without Chris Paul. But... They responded in game three, and you got to give them credit for that, but I just don't think the Clippers can win this series. The Suns, when they're on, I they look almost unbeatable to me. In game one and game two, they played stellar, and the Clippers, they had the chance in the game two, but Paul George, man, I'm not going to slander his name. He has been showing up lately, but come on, bro. You got to hit those free throws. The inbound defense on that lob was terrible. DeMarcus Cousins was playing it like it was a typical inbound and not just not knowledgeable about the threat of a lob to the basket. And the back screen by Booker was perfect. Zubach couldn't keep up. It was just a well-executed play with an even better pass. Now the Suns, they didn't look that good in Game 3 with Chris Paul returning. Both Booker and Paul started off slow and campaign went down, which definitely hurt them, especially in the third quarter. But... I still think the Suns, they'll, they'll rebound from this, and I imagine that they're going to go up 3-1, but I don't want to count the Clippers out. I counted them out in the first round, and it came back to bite me. I was about to count them out in the second round, and then they won. So maybe it's just their year. Maybe they'll be the first team in NBA history to just go down 0-2 and come back and win the series and go to the finals. Ty Lue, he's performing very well. I mean... His coaching adjustments, I, I saw a quote that I believe it was Pat Bev. He said that uh, Ty Lue was like Bill Belichick because of all the adjustments he was making throughout the series. But So you got to give him credit, and it just goes to show you that he was a good coach with LeBron. It wasn't just LeBron carrying him. But we shall see what happens. I'll probably come back on here tomorrow night or Sunday morning to react to the uh, Suns-Clippers match, but if I'm going to give a prediction of who's making the finals, not who's winning it, right now, I'm going to say the Bucks are going to play the Suns. That's my prediction right now. 
Let me know what you guys think. You can let me know on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram, at the Jakecast. And I'll talk to you guys later.